0: I'm weekly Feel Good Podcast, where this week we start our latest audiobook. I talk about a remake movie on Netflix and a couple of other things. That's right, this week we begin Alice in Wonderland, her crazy adventures down the rabbit hole. I talk about a brand new show called Lego Masters. I watched the new Netflix Pokemon movie. And I think there's one or two other things in this podcast that I'm currently forgetting um that are in the podcast but hey if you like the going up cast and wish to support the going cast there's lots of ways you can do that you can go to goingcast.com forward slash store where you can get a mystery book or a custom audiobook reading of your choosing or you can go to patreon.com forward slash going up where you can become a five dollar patron get access to the monthly live streams where we read chapters answer questions and do all sorts of fun stuff like that now this episode is gonna be a pretty good one i was i'm really excited about alice in Wonderland. It's definitely going to go some places. It's going to be a similar style to um, Treasure Island. We'll do a couple of chapters a week. Um, For example, in this week, there are three chapters. And then uh, we'll just keep doing that until the end of the book. And then pretty much instantly roll into Through the Looking Glass because that just makes tons of sense. Anyway, that's enough prattling on for me. Let's get into the podcast. No idea how this is going to go. I've never actually read this book, but here we go. Alice's Adventures in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll. Apparently this page just says Rabbit Hole 1. Alrighty. Alice's Adventures in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll with 42 illustrations by John Tenniel. Uh, this edition was published 19... I don't know. I'm just ragging reading the PDF. All in the golden afternoon, full leisurely we glide, For both our oars with little skill by little arms are plied, While little hands make vain pretense our wanderings to guide. Ah, cruel three in such an hour, beneath such such dreamy weather, To beg a tale of breath too weak to stir the tiniest feather! Yet what can one poor voice avail against three tongues together? imperious prima flashes forth her edict to begin it in gentler tones secunda hopes there will be nonsense in it while Teresha interrupts the tale not more than once a minute i don't know what any of this fucking me- anon to sudden silence one in fancy they pursue the dream child moving through a land of wonders wild and new in friendly chat with bird or beast and half believe it true and ever as the story drained the wells of fancy dry and family strove that wary one to put the subject by the rest next time it is next time the happy voices cry thus grew the tale of wonderland thus slowly one by one its quaint events were hammered out and now the tale is done oh all right well thank you very much for listening to oh wait hold on there's more and home we steer a merry crew beneath the setting sun, which is a Miles Kennedy slash song, which is fucking great. Um, I wonder if that song was titled that because of Alice in Wonderland. I doubt it. Beneath the setting sun is kind of a fairly common phrase. Alice, a childish story take and with a gentle hand lay it where childhood's dreams are twined in memory's mystic band. Like pilgrims' wreathed, wreathed, um, withered wreath of flowers, plucked in a far-off land. Ah, that wasn't even the first thing. Um, that's fine. Chapter 1, Down the Rabbit Hole. Oh, thank God, the whole thing isn't in verse. I was about to be like, oh boy, this book's gonna be a while. But it's not, it's not in verse. Alice was beginning to get very tired of sitting by her sisters, or sister, on the bank, and of having nothing to do. Once or twice, she had peeped into the book her sister was reading, but it had no pictures or conversation in it. And what is the use of a book, thought Alice, without pictures or conversation? That's starting to hack of Winnie the Pooh. So she was considering in her own mind, as well as she could, for the hot day made her feel very sleepy and stupid. Boy, sister, I can relate. Whether the pleasure of making a daisy chain would be worth the trouble of getting up and picking the daisies, when suddenly a white rabbit with pink eyes ran close by her. So albino. What the fuck is a daisy chain? Is that just literally what it sounds like? I think. I've heard the phrase. Don't get out of my case. I've heard the phrase before, right? But it's like, is it just a fucking chain of flowers? Okay, that's fine. Anyway, there's nothing so very remarkable in that, nor did Alice think it uh, so very much out of the way to hear the rabbit say to itself, oh dear, oh dear, I shall t- be too late. When she thought it over afterwards, it occurred to her that she ought to have wondered at this, but at the time it all seemed quite natural. But when the rabbit actually took a watch out of its waistcoat pocket and looked at it and then hurried on, Alice started to her feet, uh, for it flashed across her mind that she had never seen a rabbit with either a waistcoat pocket or a watch to take out of it. And, burning with curiosity, she ran across the field after it and was just in time to see it pop down a large rabbit hole under the hedge. My God, what a run-on sentence that was. That was like a page and a half sentence. That was, oh boy. Also, I love that it's... It's peculiar that the rabbit had a waistcoat pocket. Not that it had a waistcoat. But the fact that the waistcoat had a pocket. That's the... That's the weird bit. Not that... I don't know. Interesting. Also, what the fuck does her sister think of this? She's too busy reading her book with no pictures or conversations. And she missed the anthropomorphic rabbit wearing a waistcoat carrying a watch. Shouting that how it's late. Anyway. And it it went straight down the rabbit hole. So... And another moment went Down went Alice after it Never once considering How in the world She was to get out again The rabbit hole went Straight on like a tunnel For some ways And then dipped suddenly down So suddenly that Alice Had not a moment to think About stopping herself Before she found herself Falling down What seemed to be A very deep well You know what I like About this book It gets going right the fuck Like right away No faffing about Alice was chilling Saw a rabbit Down she goes And that's it We're just off to the races Three pages in Didn't waste my fucking time Anyway Either the well was very deep or she fell very slowly, for she had plenty of time as she went down to look about her and to wonder what was going to happen next. First, she tried to look down and make out what she was coming to, but it was too dark to see anything. Then she looked at the sides of the well and noticed that they were filled with cupboards and bookshelves. Here and there, she saw maps and pictures hung upon pegs. She took down a jar from one of the shelves as she passed. It was labeled orange marmalade, but to her great disappointment, it was empty. She did not like to drop the jar for fear of killing somebody underneath, so she managed to put it into one of the other cupboards as she fell past it. That's kind of horrifying. Just just this image of all it's like falling down a hole just full of like cupboards and wardrobes and doors all containing shit. It's like this m- mesh mash of clutter. Ugh. Anyway, look at this shit. Isn't it rad? I'm doing this to get back at my dad. <laughs> uh fucking the little mermaid is that in the public domain maybe i don't know i'm just gonna read all the old christmas or christmas disney moot fuck it well thought alice to herself after such a fall as this i shall think nothing of tumbling downstairs how brave they all, they'll all think of me at home why i wouldn't say anything about it even if I fell on top of the house which was very likely true anyway down 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 would the fall never come to an end i wonder how many miles i've fallen by this time she said aloud i must be getting somewhere near the center of the earth Let me see. That would be 4,000 miles down, I think. For you see, Alice had learned several things of this sort in her lessons in the schoolroom. And though this was not a very good opportunity for showing off her knowledge, as there was no one to listen to her, still it was good practice to say it over. Yes, that's about the right distance, but then I wonder what latitude or longitude I've got to. Alice had not the slightest idea what latitude was or longitude either, but she thought they uh, were nice, grand words to say. This is fucking Winnie the Pooh all goddamn over the place. If you don't believe me, just wait till I read Winnie the Pooh, and you're going to start seeing some fucking parallels. I wonder if they were... I don't know. Hold on. I was about to say a really dumb sentence. Let's see if this is even technically possible. I was about to say, I wonder if Lewis Carroll and A.A. Milne were friends. Lewis Carroll wrote Alice in Wonderland. He was born in 1832 and died in 1898. Okay. A.A. A. Milne... 1882 to 1956. So they had... A.A. Milne would have been... 16 when Lewis Carroll died. So I'm betting no. Although it's not out of the ordinary or out of the realm of possibility for A.A. Milne to have been inspired by the writing of Lewis Carroll when writing Winnie the Pooh. Anyway. Presently she began again. I wonder if I shall fall right through the earth. How funny it it'll seem uh, to come out among the people that walk with their heads downwards. The antipaths, I think. Wow. She was rather glad there was no one listening this time, as she didn't uh, as it didn't sound at all like the right word. That is correct. That is not the right word. But I shall have to ask them what the name of the country is. You know, please, ma'am, is this New Zealand or Australia? And she tried to curtsy as she spoke. Fancy curtsying as you're falling through the air. Do you think you could manage it? That's what it actually says in the book. Book's providing its own fucking commentary. Loose Carroll was ahead of this time. What an ignorant little girl She'll think for me asking. No, it'll never do to ask. Perhaps I shall see it written up somewhere. Down, down, down. There's nothing else to do, so Alice uh, soon began talking again. Dinah will miss me very much tonight, I should think. Dinah was the cat. I hope they remember her saucer of milk at tea time. Don't feed cats milk. Apparently it's bad for them. I think it makes him gassy. I'm not entirely sure. Diana, my dear, I wish you were down here with me. There are no mice in the air, I'm afraid, but you might catch a bat. And that's very like a mouse, you know. But do cats eat bats, I wonder? Sure. Why not? And here Alice began to get rather sleepy, and went on saying to herself in a dreamy sort of way, Do cats eat bats? Do cats eat bats? And sometimes, do bats eat cats? For you see, as she couldn't answer either question, it didn't much matter which way she put it. She felt that she was dozing off and had just begun to dream that she was walking hand-in-hand with Dinah and was saying to her very earnestly, Now, Dinah, tell me the truth. Did you ever eat a bat? When suddenly, thump, thump, she came down, or she came upon a heavy, a heap of sticks and dry leaves and the fall was over. Alice was not a bit hurt, and she jumped up onto her feet in a moment, and she looked up, but it was all dark overhead. Before her was another long passage, and the white rabbit was still in sight, hurrying down it. There was not a moment to be lost. Away went Alice, like the wind, and was just in time to hear it say as it turned a corner, Oh my ears and whiskers, how late it's getting! Um, she was close behind it when she turned round the corner, but the rabbit was no longer to be seen. She found herself in a long, low hall, which was lit up by a row of lamps hanging from the roof. Or the ceiling, rather. There were doors all around the hall, but they were all locked. and when Alice had uh, been or when Alice had been all the way down one side and up the other trying every door she walked sadly down the middle wondering how she was ever gonna get out again. Suddenly she came upon a three-legged school or three-legged table, all made of solid glass. there was nothing on it but a tiny golden key. Alice's first idea was that this might belong to one of the doors in the hall, but alas, either the locks were too large or the key was too small. But at any rate, it would not open any of them. However, on the second time around, she came upon a low curtain she had not noticed before. Behind it was a little door about 15 inches high. She tried the little golden key in the lock, and to her great delight, it fitted. Alice opened the door and found that it led into a small passage, not much larger than a rat hole. She knelt down and looked along the passage into the loveliest garden you ever saw. She longed to get out of that dark hall and wander among those beds of bright flowers and those cool fountains, but she could not even get her head through the doorway." And even if my head would go through, thought poor Alice, it would be of very little use without my shoulders. Oh, how I wish I could shut up like a telescope. I think I could, if only I knew how to begin. where you see, so many out-of-the-way things that had happened lately that Alice began to think that the very few things were, uh, indeed, were really impossible. Interesting. So, I, uh, like, I, I, there's a lot of different interpretations of Alice in Wonderland. Um, there's the it's just whimsical and it's a children's story and we can just have it be all innocent and stuff like that. Aspect. There's the Alice is crazy and um like like the American McGee uh version of Alice in Wonderland, where I believe she starts in insane asylum. Um and that shit is like not it's it's an interpretation of the story. Let's put it that way. Um that's a good game, though. I like that game. So I'm not really sure which way I'm gonna go with this. I think we're gonna try my best to take it as it's given you know um we i mean i've seen the disneyland or disneyland i've seen the original disney animated version of alice in wonderland um i've seen the live action uh with with johnny depp um i think that's it there are other versions i'm sure but i think we're gonna try to treat this story in the the original whimsy not as it intended to be so let's see let's see how that goes there seemed to be no use um, in waiting by the little door, so she went back to the table, half hoping she might find another key on it, or at any rate, a book of rules for shutting people up like telescopes. This time she found a little bottle on it, which certainly was not here before, said Alice. And tied round the neck of the bottle was a paper label on it with the words Drink Me, beautifully printed on it in large letters. It was all very well to say Drink Me, but the wise little Alice was not going to do that. Next page. In a hurry. Now I'll look round first, she said, and see whether it's marked poison on it or not. For she had read several nice little stories about children who had gotten, gotten burnt and eaten up by wild beasts or other unpleasant things, all because they would not remember the simple rules their friends taught them, such as that a red-hot poker will burn you if you hold it too long, and if you cut your finger very deeply with a knife, it usually bleeds. And she had never forgotten that if you drink from much from a bottle marked poison, it is almost certain to disagree with you sooner or later." Almost certain. You're never really sure. i uh, reasonably sure. Wow, okay. I'll get angry about that in a second. Hold on, I just saw something. However, this bottle was not marked poison, so Alice ventured to taste it and find it very nice. It had, in fact, a sort of mixed flavor of cherry tart, custard, pineapple, roast turkey, toffee, and hot buttered toast. She very soon finished it off. So, actually, so here we have a series of asterisks usually designed to signify a story break but i think in this instance i wonder if it'll continue throughout the rest of the book but i think in this instance it instead is used to to provide imagery for the happenstance of magic i think is what it's supposed to do here because the very because it doesn't break in terms of the timeline because the very next sentence is what a curious feeling said alice i must be shutting up like a telescope It, like, carries on instantly, so I think it's actually supposed to show us that magic is happening, which, all right, Lewis Carroll, I see you. I see you. And so it, um, so in fucking God damn it. Okay, let's try this again. And so it was indeed. She was now only ten inches high and her face brightened up at the thought that she was now the right size for going through the little door into that lovely garden. First, however, she waited for a few minutes to see if she was going to shrink any further. She felt a little nervous about it. Um, For it might end, you know, said Alice to herself, with my going out altogether like a candle. I wonder what I should be like then. And she tried to fancy what the flame of a candle looks like after the candle is blown out. For she could not remember having ever seen such a thing. The flame of a candle after it's been blown out, what it looks like? Nothingness, I guess. There's just nothing there. You blew out the flame, the energy is gone. Right? I don't know. After a while, finding that nothing more happened, she decided on going into the garden at once. But alas, for poor Alice! When she got to the door, she found that she'd forgotten the little golden key, and she went back to the head before it. She soon found she could not possibly reach it. Uh, she could see it quite plainly through the glass, and she tried her best to climb up one of the legs of the table, but it was too slippery. When she tired, uh, why would you close and lock the door? That doesn't make any sense. And uh, when she had tired herself out with trying, the poor little thing sat down and cried. Um. Oh, uh, she's talking to herself. Come, there's no use in crying like that," said Alice to herself rather sharply. "I advise you to leave off this minute." She generally gave herself very good advice, though she very seldom followed it, and sometimes she scolded herself so severely as to bring tears into her eyes, and once she remembered trying to box her own ears for having cheated herself in a game of croquet she was playing against herself, but this curious child was very fond of pretending to be two people. Alrighty. But it's no use now, thought poor Alice, to pretend to be two people while there's hardly enough of me left to make one respectable person. Interesting. There's a lot of interpretation in this book in there. Sooner I felt... I'm such a... All right, normally, I am a big proponent of saying that there's nothing deeper in a lot of... There's definitely deeper meaning in some books. I recognize that. But more often than not, it'll be a sentence like, The apple was green. And then your fucking English teacher will be like, What do you think the author meant by having a green apple in his story? A lot of people say it was due to his enviousness of his like best friend's wife or whatever the fuck. And you're just like, Maybe he just wanted a green apple, you know? Maybe they just meant what they wrote. But... This might be one of those instances where there's a lot of different ways to take this shit. Could be an acid trip. Could be a hallucination. Could be a whole bunch of things. Could be actually happening. Who knows? Who knows? Soon her eyes fell on a little glass box that was lying under the table. She opened it and found it, uh, and found in it a very small cake on which the words, Eat Me, were written beautifully uh, marked in currents. Well, that's rude, (laughs) said Alice. She did. She said, Well, I'll eat it, said Alice. And if it makes me grow larger, I can reach the key. If it makes me grow smaller, I can creep under the door. So either way, I get into the garden, and I don't care which happens. She ate a little bit and said anxiously to herself, Which way, which way? Holding her hand on top of her head to feel which way it was growing, and she was quite surprised to find that she remained the same size. To be sure, this is generally what happens when one eats cake. But Alice had got so much into the way of expecting nothing, but uh, out-of-the-way things to happen... That seemed quite dull and stupid for her life to go on in the common way. And so she set to work and very soon finished the cake. Oh, that's the end of the chapter. Sorry, it showed the magic thing again and I was expecting it to go on, but that's the end of the chapter. Also, um, this book has, uh, like, um, drawings that go with it. And the next drawing is just straight-up terrifying. So recently have been branching out in terms of what I consume, sustenance-wise. Um, this is basically coming off of uh, a couple of things from recent times uh like a doctor's visit and i could stand to shed a couple of lbs plus the the ever beloved classic i looked in the mirror and i wasn't happy with what i saw so i've been doing some changes anyway um in the spirit of that i've been trying to eat healthier um i've cut a fuck ton out of my diet um used to drink like whole milk all the time and orange juice that shit's gone used to have like quesadillas fairly often that shit's gone Um, I get more, uh, leafy greens in my diet, lots of salads, lots of fruits and veggies, rice and beans, you know, um, all sorts of stuff. And, uh, it's been working since I went on this kick about two and a half to three weeks ago, I've lost 13 pounds, which is crazy fast, worryingly fast. Um, that's almost a pound a day, uh, is what I've, is what I've been losing and um i imagine it will stagnate here fairly soon but for now i am trucking along quite merrily um uh in case anybody was curious i started at 223 um i'm now down to 210 um and my goal is 190 that is that is the goal i'm shooting for i want to be comfortably under 200 pounds um just you know i think that's a good goal and we'll see what happens once it gets there but um what I originally started, um, this is a very long winded, expo- I'm going to get to what I'm talking about here in a second, but I originally started by removing things from my diet that I knew were bad for me, but not replacing them with good things. And while I've been slowly replacing it with good things, like healthier items and stuff like that, um, I wanted to do some exploratory culinary experimentation to find other things, food items i could add or augment to my diet so i'm not constantly eating the same thing over and over again enter home chef if you're familiar with things like blue apron then the idea of home chef will not be foreign to you uh essentially how home chef works is you pick the number of meals you want a week um the number of servings that you want for each meal the um the kind of the style if you're a vegetarian or a vegan or an omnivore or carnivore or whatever you are you can pick that if you're allergic to anything you can pick those and then they give you an option of like 20 meals and you pick however many meals you want that week um usually by friday and by the following wednesday they will send the meals out to you Uh, um home chef often has big sweeping deals uh on like money off for like a couple of weeks like, um, I got, like, $100 for my first four orders, which means I get, like, $25 off each meal. So if I get the meals that are, like, 10 bucks each, it's basically, like, you pay for shipping, and then that's it. Um, very inexpensive. And the first two meals I got were, it was a jalapeno pepper jelly pork chop with stir-fried veggies and a Cali turkey burger with sweet potato home fries is what the two meals were. And um I'm I'm unloading the box and I'm looking at the 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 meals come in these plastic bags. Um all the ingredients are like pre-portioned out, all that stuff. And I'm staring at it going like it's weird that they didn't include meat in the meals. There was no sign of meat like in the, in the bags and I was like, "Huh, was I supposed to provide this myself? It says customize it with the meat." And I'm just like, that's a little peculiar and I go to throw out the box which comes with like ice packs and stuff like that. And underneath the ice packs was the meat necessary to cook the meals. Um, so the first meal I made before I discovered the meat in the bag. Basically I stir fried some veggies, um, I took some rice that I had and I took some chicken that I cooked earlier in the week and I just tossed that with the veggies and then coated the whole thing with my... Um, uh, jalapeno pineapple uh, jam, basically, and it was, it was like a bowl of Chinese food, um, but it was very, it was very tasty. Um, I think one of the things I'm enjoying with it so far is the like I have a fairly good, well developed ish sense of cooking. Um, I definitely know my way around a kitchen, and doing food discovery this way to me is like live playing a recipe book because they send you the recipes so you can recreate meals at any time they even give you a little binder that you can keep the recipes in and by the end of this month because i'm probably only going to do the first month um i will have like eight recipes with like a main course and a side dish of ideas that i can build and expound upon um in order to continue to test the waters and try different things uh, for example, one of the veggies that was included in my, uh, pork chop recipe was bok choy and I've had baby bok choy, but it's been a while if ever I've had like full size bok choy and that shit's pretty damn tasty. Um, also peppers and onions are tasty. Who'd to thunk it? I know, right? Totally new information. Um, but yeah, I'm slowly learning stuff and once I get my eight recipes, then I will, uh, you know, cancel the stuff and call it a day. But the the, the quality of the food arriving has been pretty good. Definitely some questionable things. Um, The produce is usually pretty fucking good and very tasty. Uh, I can be... I'm all for that. But when I was making the turkey burger tonight, um, the bun was pretty okay. Um, It tasted fine. But they included... What well, was about half a cup of cheese in order for you to mix into the burgers themselves? Um, and the cheese was shredded Kraft American cheese singles. At least that's what it tasted like. Um, which, if you know anything about cheese, that shit ain't cheese. That is chemical bullshit. So I threw that out and went and shredded some actual cheese that I had and I put that in the burgers instead. So. You can add and remove things to the recipes at your own leisure. Um, I was attempting to add things to the recipes to make them healthier, um, just overall, because that's kind of the the thing I'm going for. And each meal I'm getting is hopefully designed to be, like, fairly healthy for you. Um, I refuse to get, like, a salad delivered because it's just like, I could make that, no problem. I don't need a recipe for salad. So I'm going for things that are, like, unusual or new to my culinary tastes like the next thing is like a pasta with a cream sauce and I've never made a cream sauce so I'm hopefully going to get some technical skills from that and then I also got oh what was it let me pull it up real quick um I'm very, I'm very pleased with it so far um I, I think the, the packaging is a little over much um but you know it's it's fine uh let's see here the other meal I'm getting is no, nope, I just got that. Um, Chesapeake shrimp and grits. Definitely not healthy, but I've never made grits before. Also never had grits before. So that one was new to me and I was just like, all right, yeah, I'll try that. Um, oh, I suppose I could pick the meals for, um, for Wednesday, March 11th. Um, I'll pick those later. But yeah, I was just like, actually both of these meals that I've chosen are very unhealthy for me. Um, But everything else on here, I pretty much knew how to make. There's salmon with lemon piccata butter. This crispy orange chicken with jasmine rice and broccoli. Steak pad thai with peanuts and cilantro. Tortilla chicken with elodi-style acorn squash. Now that is different. For sure different. Um, Elodi-style acorn squash. I'm going to get rid of... Ooh, do I... Which unhealthy meal do I want? Roasted red pepper cream rigatoni with kale and canela beans or Chesapeake shrimp and grits. I'm going to get rid of the... uh Hmm, I don't know. I'm going to keep the pasta because it has kale in it and that's pretty good. I don't know. I don't know. That's one of the fun things about it is you have all sorts of options. Um, I should probably also state for the record that this isn't sponsored. Um, And if you look up Home Chef or Blue Apron, or any of these meal servicey y things. Uh, chances are there is definitely like a deal out there so you get some money off. Um, but I, I I don't think it's expanded my culinary stuff yet. I did successfully make turkey burgers though, which I've never done before. Um, every other time I've made turkey burgers, they just fucking fall apart on me um, and just crumble into dust. But this time they actually came out as burgers, so I was quite pleased with that and um yeah i don't i don't think anything else was stuff i've never done before so there you go but i just wanted to talk about it a little bit um kind of mix in some personal uh fitness health stuff that i've been working on and um one of the tools i'm using to just kind of learn a little bit more about what kind of foods are good for you and stuff like that like Eating eating less of bad food is a great first step, but you've got to replace it with good food. You can't just starve yourself to to skinniness. You gotta you gotta kind of balance it out. I still need a bunch of calories, and I still need a lot of vitamins and stuff like that. I just want to make sure they're coming from tasty and healthy options. So there you go. That's my little that's my little slope box and a weird ad slash not ad for uh, for home chef. Anyway, let us move on to the next thing in the podcast. Like, it's not even a cute drawing. She's got, like, a four-foot neck, and her eyes are just pits. Ugh. It's terrible. Anyway, chapter two, the pool of tears. What the fuck? Curiouser and curiouser, cried Alice. She was so much surprised that for a moment she quite forgot how to speak good English. Now I'm opening out like the largest telescope that ever was. Goodbye, feet. For when she looked down at her feet, they almost seemed to be out of sight. They were getting so far off. Oh, my poor little feet. I wonder who will put on your shoes and stockings for you now, dears. I'm sure I shan't be able. I shall be a great dear too far off to trouble myself about you. You must manage the best you can. But I must be kind to them, thought Alice. Or perhaps they won't walk the way I want to go. Let me see. I'll give them a new pair of boots every Christmas. And she went on planning to herself how she would manage. They must go by carrier, she thought. How funny it will seem sending presents to one's own feet. And how odd the direction will look. Alice's right foot, Esquire, Hothrug, near the fender with Alice's left. Oh dear, what nonsense I'm talking. Just at this moment, her head struck against the roof of the hall. In fact, she was now rather more than nine feet high, and she at once uh, took upon the little golden key and hurried off to the garden door. Poor Alice. It was as much as she could lying down on one side to look through the garden with one eye, but to get through was more hopeless than ever. She sat down and began to cry again. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, said Alice. A great girl like you, she might as well say this, Do you go on crying this way? Stop this moment, I tell you. But she went on all the same, shedding gallons of tears, until there was a large pool all around her, about four inches deep, reaching half down the hall. After a time, she heard a little pattering of feet in the distance, and she hastily dried her eyes to see what was coming. It was the white rabbit returning, splendidly dressed with a pair of white kid gloves in one hand and a large fan in the other. He came trotting along in a great hurry, muttering to himself as he came, Oh, the Duchess! Hold on a second. What have I done here? Did I, did I screw this up? Hold on. Uh, there it is. Okay. Sorry, I'm futzing with shit that doesn't need to be fudged, with. Anyway. um, Where was I? The Duchess! The Duchess! Oh, she, won't she be savage if I keep her waiting? Alice felt de- so desperate that she was ready to ask help. Uh, from anyone. So when the rabbit came near her, she began in a low, timid voice, If you please, sir. The rabbit started violently, dropped the white kid gloves and the fan, and scurried away into the darkness as hard as he could go. Alice took up the fan and the gloves, and as, uh, the hall was very hot, she kept fanning herself all the time she went on talking. Dear, dear, how queer everything is today. And yesterday things went on just as usual. I wonder if I've changed in, uh, the night. Let me think. When I was, was I the same when I got up this morning? I almost think I can remember feeling a little different. But if I'm not the same, the next question is, who in the world am I? Ah, that's the great puzzle. She began thinking over all the children she knew that were of the same age as her to see if she could have been changed for any of them. I'm sure I'm not Ada, she said, for her hair goes uh, in long ringlets and mine doesn't go in ringlets at all. I'm sure I can't be Mabel, for I know all sorts of things. And oh, she knows such very little besides she's she and I'm I. And oh dear, how puzzling it all is. I'm, I'll try if I, I, I'll try if I know all the things I've used to know, let me see. 4 times 5 is 12, nope. And 4 times 6 is 13, nope. And 4 times 7 is, oh dear, I shall never get to 20 at, th- at that rate. Interesting. However, the multiplication table doesn't, uh, the, however, the multiplication table don't signify. Let's try geography. London is the capital of Paris. And Paris is at the capital of Rome, and Rome was, No, that's all wrong, I'm certain, I must have been changed from Mabel, I'll try and say, How doth little, and she crossed her hands on her lap as if she were saying her lessons began to repeat, but her voice sounded hoarse and strange, and the words did not come the same as they used to. Alright, hoarse and strange, you got it. <clears throat> How doth, little crocodile, improve his shining tail, and pour the waters of the Nile on every golden scale, how cheerful he seems to grin, how neatly spreads his claws, and welcomes little fishes in with gentle smiling jaws. I'm sure those are not the right words, said poor Alice, and her eyes filled with tears again as she went on. I must be Mabel, after all, and I shall have to go and live in that poky little house, next to have next to no toys to play with, and no... Ever so many lessons to learn. No, I've made up my mind about it. If I may, but I'll stay down here. It'll be no use their putting their heads down and saying, Come up again, dear. I shall only look up and say, Who am I then? Tell me that first, and then if I like that, I like being that person, I'll come up. If not, I'll stay down here until I'm somebody else. But, oh dear, cried Alice with a sudden burst of tears, I do wish they would put their heads down. I am so very tired of being all alone here. And... As she said this, she looked down at her hands and was surprised to see that she had put on one of the rabbit's white little cape gloves while she was talking. How can I have done that? She thought. I must be growing small again. She got up and went to the table to measure herself by it and found that as nearly as she could guess, she was now about two feet high and was going on shrinking rapidly. She soon found that the cause of this was the fan she was holding and she hastily uh, dropped it hastily, just in time to save herself from shrinking away altogether. That was a narrow escape, said Alice, a good deal frightened at the sudden change, but very glad to find herself still in existence. And now for the garden. And she ran with all her speed back to the little door, but alas, the little door was shut again, and the little Gordon, golden gear was lying on the glass table as before. And things are worse than ever, thought the poor child, for I was never so small as this before, never! And I declare it's too bad, and that is it. "'Um, Or that it is, rather. As she uh, said these words, uh, her foot slipped, and in a moment, splash! She was up to her chin in salt water. First idea was that she had somehow fallen into the sea. And in that case, I can go back by railway, she said to herself. Alice had been to the seaside once in her life and had come to the general conclusion that wherever you go in the English coast, you will find a number of bathing machines in the sea, some children digging in the sand with wooden spades, and then a row of lodging houses. Behind them, a railway station. However, she soon made out that she was in a pool of tears that she had wept when she was 9 feet high. I wish I hadn't cried so much uh said alice as she swam about trying to find her way out shall be punished for now i suppose by being drowned in my own tears that will be a queer thing to be sure however everything is queer today drowned in your own tears pool of blood the pool of tears what is it from brutal legend they were the um drowning sorrow was that was that the name of the thing is like the sea of black tears that's what it was it was the sea of black tears which I'm pretty sure is a metal song, but fuck, I love that scene in the game when Ophelia falls into the sea of black tears and Mr. Crowley's playing. Mr. Crowley. Anyway, fucking great song. I love that game. The game's the game's good, short, and the ending, like the middle bit, kind of sucks with like all the RTS stuff, but it's fucking. The world of that game was just, hell yeah. It's a metal of shit. Anyway. Just then, she heard something splashing about the pool a little way off, and she swam nearer to make out what it was. At first, she thought it must be a walrus or a hippopotamus, but then she remembered how small she was now, and soon she made out that it was only a mouse that had slipped in like herself. Would it be of any use now, thought I re- Alice. Alice. To speak to this mouse? Everything's just so out of the way down here. And I should think very likely it can talk at any rate there's no harm in trying so she began oh mouse do you know the way out of this pool i'm very tired of swimming about here oh mouse alice thought this must be the right way of speaking to a mouse. she had never done such a thing before but she remembered having seen her little brother's latin grammar a mouse of a mouse to a mouse a mouse oh mouse the mouse looked at her rather inquisitively and seemed to her to wink with one of its little eyes but it said nothing perhaps it doesn't understand english thought alice i dare say it's a french mouse Come over with William the Conqueror. For with all her knowledge of history, Alice had no very clear notion of how long ago anything had happened. So she began again. Oh, god damn it. Not fucking French. <sighs> Alright. Où est ma chat? Which was the first sentence of her French lesson book. The mouse gave a sudden leap out of the water and seemed to quiver all over with fright. Oh, I beg your pardon, cried Alice hastily, afraid that she had hurt the poor animal's feelings. I quite forgot you didn't like cats. Um. Uh, what word I guess chat might have been cat I don't know oh, I need to come up with a voice for the for the mouse which apparently talks in a shrill passionate voice <clears throat> oh fuck it <laughs> not like catch cried the mouse in a shrill passionate voice would you like catch if you or me well perhaps not said Alice in a soothing tone don't be angry about it and yet I wish I could show you that our cat Din- show you our cat Dinah I think you take a fancy to cats if you could only see her. She is such a dear quiet thing. Alice went on, half to herself, as she swam lazily about the pool. She sits purring so nicely by the fire, licking her paws and washing her face. She is such a nice soft thing to nurse. What? She is such a nice soft thing to nurse. Alrighty. I'm not gonna judge what Alice gets up to with her cat. And she's such a capital one for catching mice. Oh, I beg your pardon, cried Alice again, for this time the mouse was bristling all over and she felt certain it must be really offended. We won't talk about her anymore if you'd rather not. We indeed, cried the mouse, who was trembling down to the end of his tail. As if I would talk on this subject. Our family always hated catch. nasty low, vulgar things. Don't let me hear the name again. I won't indeed, said Alice in a great hurry to change the conversation, or the subject of the conversation. Are you, are you fond of, of dogs? The mouse did not answer, so Alice wanted eagerly. Really. "'This is such a nice little dog near our house I should like to show you. "'A little bright-eyed terrier, you know, with, oh, such long curly brown hair. "'And it'll fetch things when you throw them, and it'll set up and beg for its dinner, "'and all sorts of things. I can't remember half of them, but it belongs to a farmer, you know. "'And he says it's so useful, it's worth a hundred pounds. "'He says it kills all the rats, and, oh, dear,' cried in in sorry for a tone. "'I'm afraid I've offended it again, for the mouse was swimming away from her as hard as it could go, "'making quite a commotion in the pool as it went.' doo do, 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 do. So she called softly after it again. Mouse dear, do come back again and we won't talk about either cats or dogs. If you don't like them. When the mouse heard this, it turned around and swam slowly back to her. its face was quite pale. With passion, Alice thought, And it said in a low, trembling voice, Let us get to the shore, and then I'll tell you my history. You'll understand why it is I hate cats and dogs. It was high time to go, for the pool was getting quite crowded with birds and animals that had fallen into it. There was a duck and a dodo, a lorry. Give me a second. I'm pretty sure it's a type of bird. Lori. Yep. A small Australasian and Southeast Asian parrot with a brush-tipped tongue for feeding on nectar and pollen, having mainly green plumage with patches of bright color. It is fucking beautiful. It's a little bird. And an eaglet and several other curious creatures. Alice led the way and the whole party swam to the shore. I like how it's just like, all of a sudden there's a mouse and all of a sudden there's just a fuck ton of creatures. Jesus, this is, um, this is an interesting book. I like it, it doesn't fucking around. It doesn't fuck around. It's just like, here's some new shit. I'm just gonna, we're just gonna keep it going. New random shit just popping in out of nowhere. Netflix just recently released a CGI remake of the first Pokemon movie Mewtwo Strikes Back this one's called Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution and it is the same fucking movie uh, as the first one because it's a remake almost note for note beat for beat they changed nothing about it except how it was animated so instead of doing the 2D shit they went in a CG direction now I like the first Pokemon movie but I grew up with Pokemon so I'm full of nostalgia blindness and I recognize that and that being said this movie still made me cry because of the moments where it's like Pikachu trying to bring Ash back after he gets turned to stone and that's super sad clone Pikachu slapping Pikachu who just like refuses to fight and like the the exhaustion setting in that was super sad you know there's, there's some emotional beats in this movie um there's also not a lot to this movie. I could have sworn there was more, but it honestly just kind of like does its thing and then ends. And there's not a whole lot else to it. Um, I always appreciated the um, the message of the movie where it's like, the circumstances of your birth are irrelevant. It is the actions you take in life that defines who you are. You know, it's not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me. Um, but you know, if you haven't seen the first Pokemon movie, um, this one will, will see you through in a pinch. Um, I will say that from an animation point of view, the movie's a little bizarre because it almost feels like elements of the film are off in its frame rate. There were two scenes or two elements rather, that just kind of stick out in my head at being animated strangely. There's a bit where they're running down a hill in like the very beginning of the movie, um, Ash and Brock and Misty. And their arm and leg movements seem very exaggerated and like over the top versus how much distance they're actually making down the hill. It seems like very like loping and they're not going very far or very fast. It was very strange, gangly movement that and the um water and fire effects in the movie aren't the best the water looks weirdly fast like like it's animated at like a higher frame rate than everything else in the scene so that was weird um and the fire on like rapid dash constantly just kept pulling me out of the movie because I'm just like that doesn't look right I don't know what it is but it almost looks like they changed the um the color of the water effect And made it flame out of that it was very weird it's very weird and bizarre um but it's it's fine you know it's not like it's gonna win any awards or go on to do anything really major but it's you know it's a perfectly serviceable pokemon movie if you've never seen the first one um just there are absolutely no changes to the story except for the fact that it is cg that is that is the only change To the movie. Everything else, like, shot for shot, there's a lot of... There's a lot of fucking just... That's exactly how they staged the shot in the animated one. They just redid it in CG. I don't know why they did, but they did. Honestly, they should have just fucking, like, re-released the first one. And that probably would have been just as good. You know? It's like... It's the same fucking movie. It's just done in a different style. So... Yeah, I'm not going to get on any kind of soapbox about remaking movies or anything like that because we all know why they're doing it. It's money. They want they want more money. They're doing it for money. I don't know why people are so confused about this. It's like, why are they remaking all this classic Disney movies? Well, Disney's doing it for two reasons. Disney does it for A, money, and B, to extend the length of their copyright. It's actually a pretty clever business move. And American law um, shit remains in the private domain until I believe 96 years at which point it becomes public domain and you can do literally anything you want with that stuff that's why we read Alice in Wonderland and Treasure Island and all that stuff because it's in the public domain anyone has access to this to these works um now Winnie the Pooh should be in the public domain because the original story of Winnie the Pooh was written more than 96 years ago however Disney has a copyright on the character Winnie the Pooh for another like six years or something like that So because of that, Winnie the Pooh, the story, is not available for public use because Disney owns the character copyright It's it's some some legalese bullshit But that's why they're remaking all of these movies because Lion King originally came out 20 years ago, right? which meant at, um, or like 20, it came out in 19, it was 25 years ago. It's been a while since the first Lion King movie came out, um, which means that movie only had like another 60 plus years before it hit the public domain. But by remaking it in live action, Disney just added on another 20 years to that shit being an, under its copyright. So that's why, that's why they're doing all of this shit. It's for money. And so other people can't mess with their intellectual property. That's also why they're making a Minnie Mouse movie. Or a Mickey, or a Mickey Mouse movie. Oh, I'm coming out here pretty soon. Because Mickey Mouse is getting dangerously close to being in the public domain. And they can't have that. No sirree, Bob. Disney's entire, like, functionality as a company, its whole thing is about the intellectual properties it controls. It's all about the characters and the stories. If Disney loses that they're fucked and they're done that's it so Disney needs to maintain a fucking stranglehold on its stuff because of it if it loses its stuff then it's just it's an entertainment company its intellectual properties is its entertainment so anyway yeah the um the Pokemon movie is passable totally fine totally fine I had to see it it made me cry but it's the exact same fucking movie as it was before, so you're not winning anything, you're not losing anything in the animation, it's just a little weird. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Not the reason. a caucus race, and a long tail. They were indeed a queer-looking party that assembled on the bank. Can you pick a different word? God damn it. The birds were draggled feathers, the animals with their fur clinging close to them, and all dripping wet, cross, and uncomfortable. The first question, of course, was how to get dry again. They had a consultation about this, and after a few minutes it seemed quite natural to Alice to find herself talking familiarly with them, as, she, as if she had known them all her life. Indeed, she had quite a long argument with the lorry, who at last turned sulky and would only say, I'm older than you and must know better, and this Alice would not allow without knowing how old it was and as the lorry positively refused to tell its age there was no more to be said at last the mouse who seemed to be a person of some authority among them called out shit down all of you and listen to me I'll soon make you dry enough they all sat down at once in a large ring with the mouse in the middle Alice kept her eyes anxiously fixed on it for she felt sure she would catch a bad cold if she did not get dry soon ahem said the mouse with an important air are you all ready? this is the driest thing I know silence all around if you please <clears throat> William the Conqueror, whose cause was favored by the Pope, was soon submitted by the English, who wanted leaders, and had been of late much accustomed to usurpation and conquest. Edwin and Morcar, the earls of Mercia and Northumbria. <laughs> said the lorry with a shiver. I beg your pardon, said the mouse, frowning but very politely. Did you speak? Not I, said the lorry hastily. I thought you did, said the mouse. I, I proceed. Edwin and Morcar, the earls of Mercia in Northumbria, declared before him, and even Stigand, the patriotic archbishop of Canterbury, found inadvisable. Found what? said the duck. Found it, said the mouse, replied rather crossly, for of course you know what it means. I know what it means well enough, when I find a thing, said the duck. It generally is a frog or a worm. The question is, what did the archbishop find? The mouse did not notice this question, but hurriedly one on, found it advisable to go with Edgar Aethering to meet William and offer him the crown. William's conduct at first was moderate, but the insolence of his Normans How are you getting on now, my dear? It continued, turning Alice as it spoke. As wet as ever, said Alice in a melancholy tone. Doesn't seem to dry me at all. In that case, said the dodo, solemnly rising to his feet, I move that the meeting adjourned for the immediate adoption of more energetic remedies. Speak English," said the eagle. "I don't know the meaning of half those long words, and what's more, I don't believe you do either." And the eagle bent its head down to hide a smile. Some of the other birds tittered audibly. "What I was going to say," said the dodo, in an offended, tent, "was that the best thing to get us dry would be a caucus race." "What is a caucus race?" said Alice. Not uh, that she much wanted to know, but the dodo had paused as if it thought that somebody ought to speak, and no one else seemed inclined to say anything. "Why?" Said the Dodo, the best way to explain it is to do it. And as you might like to try the thing yourself some winter day, I will tell you how the Dodo managed it. First, it marked out a race course in a sort of circle. The exact same doesn't matter, it said. And then all the party was placed along the course here and there. There was no one, two, three and away, but they began running when they liked and left off when they liked, and so there was not easy to know when the race was over. However, when they had all been running half an hour or so and were quite dry again, the Dodo suddenly called out, the race is over. they all crowded around, panting and asking, but who has won? This question the Dodo could not answer without a great deal of thought, and it sat for a long time with one finger pressed upon its forehead. The... What the fuck? Looking at the drawing, the Dodo has his hands in a cane. This book's weird. Do you guys know that? Do you guys know that? Alice in Wonderland? It's a little peculiar. This book's a little peculiar. Anyway, uh-huh the position in which you usually see Shakespeare in pictures of him. While the rest waited in silence, at last the dodo said, Everybody has won, and all must have prizes. But who is to give us the prizes? "Quite a chorus of voices asked. Why, she, of course, said the dodo, pointing uh, to Alice with one finger, and the whole party at once crowded around her, calling out in a confused way, Prizes! Prizes! Alice had no idea what to do, and in despair she put her hand in her pocket and pulled out a box of comfits. Luckily the salt water had not gotten into it. All right, hold on. Do-do-do-do-do. Comfits. Comfits are a confectionery consisting of dried fruits, nuts, seeds, or or spices coated with sugar candy, often through sugar panning. Hmm. Interesting. Do-do-do-do-do. Comfit. It looks... Okay. Um let's see here uh, almond comforts also known as sugar almonds or Jordan almonds in a muslin bag or other decorative container are a traditional gift at baptism or wedding celebrations in many countries of Europe and Middle East a custom which has spread to other countries uh, interesting interesting so it's a it's a wedding candy traditionally fascinating um and handed them around as prizes there was exactly one apiece all around but she must have a prize herself, you know," said the mouse. "Of course," said the Dodo, replied very gravely. "What else have you got in your pocket?" he went on, turning to Alice. "Only a thimble," said Alice sadly. "Hand it over here," said the Dodo. They we all went and crowded round on her once more, while the Dodo solemnly presented the thimble, saying, "We beg your acceptance of this elegant thimble." And when it finished this short speech, they all cheered. "Yay! Yay!" Oh God! Oh, what's the? Uh, I can't remember what the term is. Um, there's a term for when you write your words on the page to create an image, a shape. Um, I can't remember the word, but it's, it's, it's being utilized here on this page, so give me but a moment. Um, uh, writing words to form an image on the page do 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 uh no um it's a poetry thing poetry um shit uh a poem in a shape let's try that uh, what is a shape poem called whose visual image matches the topic of the poem it says concrete poetry is that really what it's called I could have I could have sworn it had like another another term. I mean, that's definitely the term concrete poetry is modern. The idea of using letter arrangements to enhance the meaning of a poem is old. But what did it use it had a it had a different term. Oh man. Um Yeah, here we go. Yeah. It says a popular example was Lewis Carroll's The Mouse Tale published in 1865 in Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Um concrete poetry i guess is what it's called interesting i thought it had like a weird obscure term anyway alice thought the whole thing very absurd but they all looked so grave that she did not dare to laugh as she could not think of anything to say she simply bowed and took the thimble looking as solemn as she could next thing was to eat the comfits this caused some noise and confusion as the large birds complained they could not uh, taste theirs and the small ones choked and had to be patted on the back However, it was over at last, and they sat down again in the ring and begged the mouse to tell them something more. "'You promised to tell me your history, you know,' said Alice. "'And why does you hate C and D?' she added in a whisper, afraid that it would uh, be offended again. "'Mine is a long and sad tale,' said the mouse, turning to Alice and sighing. "'It is a long tale, certainly,' said Alice, looking down at Wonder at the mouse's tail. "'But why do you call it sad?' She kept on puzzling about it while the mouse was speaking, so that her idea of the tale was something like this. Fury said to a mouse that he met in the house, "'Let us both go to law. "'I will prosecute you. "'Come, I'll take no denial. "'We must have a trial, "'for really this morning I have nothing to do. "'Send the mouse to the cur. "'Such a trial, dear sure, "'with no jury or judge would be wasting our breath. "'I'll be judge, I'll be jury,' said the cunning old fury, "'I'll try the whole cause and condemn you to death.' Sorry, the font got really small there at the bottom of that. You are not attending," said the mouse to Alice severely. "What are you thinking of?" "I beg your pardon," said Alice very humbly. "Um, you had got to the fifth bend, I think." "I had not," cried the mouse sharply and very angrily. "I not," said Alice, always ready to make herself useful and looking anxiously about her. "Oh, do you let me help uh, to undo it. I shall do nothing of the sort," said the mouse, getting up and walking away. "You insult me by talking such nonsense. I didn't mean it," pleaded poor Alice. "But you are so easily offended, you know." Jesus fucking ouch i didn't mean to but you're a little bitch did you know that mouse the mouse only growled in reply please come back and finish your story alice called after it and the others all joining chorus. yes please do but the mouse only shook its head impatiently and walked a little quicker what a pity it wouldn't stay sighed the Loria, as soon as it was quite out of sight and an old crab took the opportunity by saying to her daughter oh my dear let this be a lesson you never lose your temper "'Hold your tongue, Ma!' said the young crab a little snappishly. "'You're enough to try the patience of an oyster!' "'I wish I had our Dinah here. I know I do!' "'Um, said Alice aloud, addressing nobody in particular. "'She'd soon fetch it back.' "'And who's this Dinah if I might venture to ask the question?' said the lorry. "'Alice replied eagerly, for she was always ready to talk about her pet. "'Dinah's our cat!' just a capital one for catching mice you can't think and oh I wish you could see her after the birds why she'll eat a little bird as soon as look at it this speech caused a remarkable sensation among the party god damn it Alice some of the old birds hurried off at once one old magpie began wrapping itself up very carefully remarking I really must be getting home the night air doesn't suit my throat and a canary called out in a trembling voice to its children come away my dears it's high time you are all in bed on, um, on various pretexts they all moved off and Alice was soon left alone wish i hadn't mentioned dinah she said herself in a melancholy tone nobody seems to like her down here and i'm sure she's the best cat in the world oh my dear dinah i wonder if i shall ever see you anymore and your poor alice began to cry again for she felt very lonely and low-spirited in a little while however she heard a little pitter-patter of footsteps in the distance and she looked up eagerly half hoping that the mouse had changed his mind and was coming back to finish his story i think that is a fucking weird intro to this book I, i mean like i said I've never read this book before I don't know what to expect but it is is uh, it's actually really good so far um, I just don't I don't am trying to get a grasp on it I'm trying to get a handle on it usually through chapters in I get a pretty good idea of where a story's gonna go but right now it's just kind of a loose string of like almost short stories in a, in a way um, I'm not so sure well, I'm betting the book's gonna tell me though Show on um on the old uh I was supposed to say Netflix uh, Hulu technically actually yeah I've got I've got all the shit um it's actually airing live on TV and episodes land on Hulu either same day or eventually nearby I'm not sure but this show's called Lego Masters and it's a Lego building competition show and uh, like all la like a baking competition show or anything else and. To me when I'm watching this show, I get a similar feeling um, to when I'm watching like Bob Ross Where you blink and there's a completed painting and you're like, how the fuck did he do that? It's that sort of show where you'll watch it and you'll be mad at how good these people are with Legos. It's crazy how talented these people are with Legos Um, Especially the disparity between the teams like some of these people are fucking world-class Lego builders designers And you can tell that instantly, like these motherfuckers are coming out with some good stuff. And you're just like, damn, that is, that is incredible. And then you just get some other people who will be like, hi, I've been building Lego for like 30 minutes. Look, I made a car. It goes, "Wee!" and you're just like, I could do that. You're showing me nothing impressive. Um, But the stories are pretty good in terms of like what these people are like there's a there's a father and son team there are many partners there's people that met for the first time on the internet and are meeting and like working together for the first time there's a brother pair who one of them is a fucking leukemia survivor like oh man oh the human element of this show is oh boy it's almost like constructed you know it's like so like oh wow that's such a great story and he built legos oh that's adorable it's that kind of thing um but if you like lego You'll like you'll like the show. It has it has way too much money for what it is. Like they're like Lego stop motion animated things on their builds and stuff like that. It's actually really it's really fun to watch. Um, and Will Arnett is uh is just a treasure. Everybody everybody likes Will Arnett, so it's not a bad show. Not a bad show. I'm enjoying it. I'm Only two episodes in, um, but I'm I'm very excited to see how cool these builds can get and stuff like that and um i love competition shows there's another one coming out at the end of march on disney plus called um be our chef which is a family cooking competition family feud style where they go head to head and um i'm very excited about that uh just a little bit more disney magic up inside my my wahoo anyway let's move on to the next thing the podcast Want to wrap up on a personal high note. Um, I have been working at the same company for a couple of years now. I think I just had my third year anniversary uh, a couple of days ago. And uh, without giving too many details away, um, I just recently got promoted into a new role. Um, a while Oh, uh, that was my stomach. I'm like, what the fuck was that noise? It's like a weird whine. That was my belly. Anyway, um, a while back, like over a year ago, I went to Las Vegas to uh, get my training in something called Lean Six Sigma um, process improvement methodologies. Um, and long story short, basically, I went to a two-week course um, to learn how to make a process go faster and be more efficient in order to save the company money and to produce uh, a result um, either with less labor or in less time or at a higher quality, you know whatever, whatever the need of the project may be. And I've been doing this for a couple of years now, um, working on a, a fairly substantial project. And uh, about a month ago, they approached me, they being the, um, the higher-ups in my company, uh, to assume a new role in the process department of the company, so where I can continue working on process improvement, which is something I very much enjoy doing. Um, it's, it's that kind of, each, each new process change is a puzzle. And it's a lot of critical thinking. It's a lot of experimentation. And you need to be fairly creative um, in the role. And all these things uh, fall very nicely into what I like to do. And um, what's kind of nice about the uh, this role... Um, I've never had this happen before. And I doubt I will for a very long time. But I uh, was fortunate enough to be offered the position without interviewing for it they they offered me the position based on the work i was already doing and that was very humbling to know that my efforts at the company were being recognized um, in such a nice uh venue so yes i uh am going to start a new position here fairly soon um i'm pretty sure i will be working different days of the week I'm pretty sure I'll be working different times of the day. And there's a couple of other fun little um, bonuses that come with the uh, heading on up the corporate ladder. And gun to my head, this was not where I saw my professional life going like five, 10 years ago. Uh, For the longest time, I always wanted to be a marine biologist um but now I'm more or less kind of going into the family business because uh my dad is a master black belt and lean six sigma methodologies and he does this sort of work all the time and has done this sort of work all the time um for a while and it's a it's kind of fun to uh to like have him and him in my corner to ask him process questions and stuff like that and I am... There's a lot of bittersweet emotions around this. I'm going to miss my current team a lot. Um, There's a lot of really great people there. Uh, I've been a part of my current department um, since its inception. I was a part of the company um, before this department was created. I was one of the first leaders to be a part of the department when it was created. And I've basically helped um, steer it to where it is today. And uh, a whole new batch of leaders is coming into the department. We are hiring like, currently we we had four. Um, two of the remaining, so I and uh, one other leader are leaving the department to move on to other things within the company. And we're bringing in four, five. We're bringing in five new leaders. Um, to the department because the department is growing to the point where we need a bunch of new leaders so it's like a complete reset basically there's only going to be uh, one remaining leader uh, who's been around from the, like the original pool in my head and um, it's it's a big shakeup. so everything, everything is pretty, pretty crazy but now I'm just kind of blathering um, I just wanted to share that I got promoted and I'm very excited and happy about it I'm very nervous about it too Um, it's, it's a good change. It's, it's a wonderful change. It's a welcome change. But as of right now, I have absolutely no fucking idea what the hell I'm going to do in the job. I know what I can do. I know what I'm capable of, but I don't know what they want me to do. Um, so I need to ask my new boss some questions. Um, and I'm hopefully going to get around to that long before... Uh, this episode actually comes out not that I'm particularly worried that anybody is going to hear this and have it be a um, problem. Ah, well, I'm sure it's fine. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of The Growing Up Guest. I hope you enjoyed the beginning of Alice in Wonderland. And, um, I'll see y'all next week. And, god, this year is kind of flying by. Um, actually, by the time y'all hear this, I will be... Um, about six days away from my promotion kicking into effect. So boy, isn't that fun. Anyway, I will talk to you all then. Have a good one, everyone.